1: The Jewish leadership, they're not happy about what's going on there. As a matter of fact, they're very angry and upset about this cult group as what it was viewed as in the early days. And so he goes after the leadership. He grabs James, the brother of John. And according to to history, he had his executioner split him from head to toe. Have you ever
0: experienced difficulty due to your devotion to God? Today, Pastor Robert teaches from Acts chapter 12. In this chapter, we discover the heavy persecution that the early church experienced. Please join us as Pastor Robert teaches us how persecution impacts the church. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert with today's message.
1: Well, Acts chapter 12, we've been working our way through the book for some time now. We watched the birth of the church, Jesus ascending into heaven and telling his followers to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit came upon them in power. And then after that, the uh, persecution beginning as Stephen is dragged out and stoned to death and the church begins to scatter and this man, Saul, coming after the Christians vehemently persecuting the church until, to everyone's amazement, I'm sure, God uh, stepped into the situation, the Lord Jesus confronts him, and Saul, the persecutor, becomes Paul, the apostle. Quite possibly at that point, the church thinking, you know, we can breathe a sigh of relief now. This persecutor has been converted, so maybe the persecution's over. Paul beginning to Teach concerning Jesus of Nazareth that he is the Messiah and that he has been raised from the dead, and um, and then going off to his hometown for several years to Tarsus, as he tells us later. Jesus teaching him there, and finally being called back by Barnabas uh, to go and be the assistant pastor. Basically, it would seem at the church in Antioch, Gentiles now being welcomed into the flock, and and. um, upheaval within the Jewish community as a lot of the Christians there in Jerusalem scattered and the Jewish leadership beginning to really uh, get even more animated than just the Jewish people becoming frustrated and and, uh, antagonistic toward this group of people which had been, it had been just a sect within Judaism. But now there's a separation taking place. We were told in our study last time that Uh, it was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. There's a separation now. It's no longer just a a group, a sect within Judaism. It's now something different because you see the church now with what took place between Peter and Cornelius, as Peter was sent to him and, and he preaches to him and before he even finishes, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit and Peter and the leadership realized, gosh, we can't withhold water baptism if God is baptizing them with His Spirit. And, you know, He he didn't demand that they be circumcised. He didn't demand that they go through any kind of ritual purification or any kind of process or anything. He just, boom, He filled them with His Holy Spirit. So if He's not requiring it, you know, how can we require anything more? And so now for the first time in history, Gentiles are being accepted without having to become Jewish. First, they're not having to be circumcised. They're not having to go through the rites and the rituals and and so forth. And so now there's a separation. Because of that, there's a separation between the church and Judaism. Now, in chapter 12, we're told that at about that time, Herod, the king, stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread, so when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Give me your attention. Herod. As we read through the New Testament, we actually encounter several by that name. Um, In the time of of Jesus' birth, Herod the Great, as he was called, heard about it and commanded that all the babies be killed. He's like, I'm going to be the only king in Israel. Just kill all the babies and we'll stop this nonsense about a, a king being born. Herod the Great was the grandfather of the Herod that we're reading about? Herod the Great was four and a half feet tall. I think he named himself Herod the Great. He built all kinds of stuff. He was—he was, he was no—I mean, just you know, all sorts of buildings and you know cities and and um, gathered. I think it was eleven wives. You know, kept marrying women and. Uh, it seems that as he got tired of them though herod the great didn't just divorce them he just killed them off he killed nine of his wives this is from memory but i think i'm i'm right in 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 that and he killed several of his sons as well now why would you kill your sons well as a king one way to lose your throne was let your sons get bigger and stronger and more popular than you. David found that out. He, he had to deal with that a couple of times. But David was a godly man. Herod wasn't. So he just killed his sons. At least one of them managed to survive. Aristobulus married a Jewish princess. Now, Herod was, um, if I remember right, a descendant of, of Esau. He was Idumean, I think, was what they ended up calling themselves. Edomites. And that people was was somewhat hated by the Jewish people. There was some antagonism there, still is to this day. And so when Aristobulus married the Jewish princess, and his son now was known as Agrippa, the first. So King Herod Agrippa the first, growing up, I guess in Rome, was a childhood friend of someone that history tells us an awful lot about, the, the one that, who later would become a Caesar, Caligula. And so Caligula appointed Agrippa I to his position and gave him the title king in Israel. This wasn't a monarchy in the sense that we normally you know think of a, of a monarchy. It was just a position that would, was granted by Caesar. That you know He had a governor there in the region, but he also had this king, Agrippa. And Agrippa was apparently very aware of his mother's Jewish heritage. And uh, that she was actually of a royal line. She was one of the Maccabeans. And w- just a very prominent and storied family in... in uh, in Hebrew history. And he was very aware of that. Agrippa wanted to be Jewish. He he was circumcised as a child, apparently, or certainly as an adult. He'd been circumcised. He he kept the law best he could, you know, he kept kosher. He did these kind of things. He he actually wanted to be recognized as Jewish. But the, the Jewish leadership wanted no part of him. He he represented to them um, the oppression of Rome and and you know he was he was not like even though he, his mother was jewish his father wasn't and so he's he he wasn't real popular and he was looking for ways to gain popularity you know politics causes people to do all kinds of stuff doesn't it that's what we see happening here he wanted to earn favor among the jewish people and he realized there's there's some tension there's some animosity here there's this group they're following this Carpenter that they say was crucified, and they say he rose again, and and the Jewish leadership, they're not happy about what's going on there. As a matter of fact, they're very angry and upset about this cult group, as what it was viewed as in the early days. And so he goes after the leadership. He grabs James, the brother of John, and according to according to history. He had his executioner split him from head to toe. The way the scripture words it is, he was beheaded. But he was beheaded the hard way. It wasn't quick and easy. Well, that went very well for him.
0: As our time with you today comes to a close, we'd like to thank you for listening to today's message on Main Thing Radio. We hope Pastor Robert's teaching has encouraged you personally and brought you a deeper understanding of your Savior. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Robert, visit our website, mainthingradio.com. You'll also be able to learn more about Pastor Robert Fountain, the Ministry of Main Thing Radio and Calvary Chapel Miami Beach. Right now, we'd like to take a moment and share how you can be involved in the future of Main Thing Radio. God is using ministries like this one to reach multitudes of people across the nation and the world. We feel so blessed to be a part of this virtual mission field and we're excited to see where God will take us in the future. We'd like to ask you to join us in seeking God's will for our ministry and for the people who will be touched by Main Thing Radio. We'd also like to ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Main Thing Radio financially. For donations of $20 or more, we have a special thank you gift to send you. This month, we're featuring Pastor Chuck Smith's autobiography, A Memoir of Grace. Pastor Chuck shares his journey, the highs and lows, and how looking back offered a great perspective on how God had had a hand in his life. For more information or to contribute, please visit MainThingRadio.com and click Donate at the top of the page. Thanks again for listening today. Be sure to tune in again for more from God's Word right here on Main Thing Radio.